Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 101. We've uh, reached a precipice, and now it's downhill from here, right? Or is it? <laughs> or is it all the way up? Or is it just Man. starting? Man, I don't know. I, I mean, I prefer to think of it as just starting, but, you know, depends on the week right. we're having, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all the way up. Just getting going. We've warmed up now, everyone. We're a uh, <laughs> podcast that talks about pop culture things, and sometimes there's whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, my name is John, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrea. Hey, hey, happy Friday. Happy yeah. April Fool's Day. Right. Yeah, no, no pranks uh, for the viewers on my end. I hadn't, you know, mm. <laughs> I, I, I was not looking for, you know, this morning, looking through things, I was not excited to see, you know, or to have to sift through, mm -hmm. okay, this is real, this is not, or whatever, right. you know. I mean, I guess you have to do that on a daily basis anyways, but the things that I'm expecting to be uh, forthcoming, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not a fan. Are you a fan of the April Of 1st? April Fool's? No, not really. Um, I don't know. I... I feel like it was like funny when we were in middle school. Everybody was like, ah, what am I going to do for right. April Fool's? It was always pretty That's lame, but mm -hmm. there was like the idea that you would have to try because it's April Fool's. Yep. Um, and, you know, you're just at that stage where like pulling a prank is funny. Right. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, did, I did almost get got today. Okay. Um, Twitter put out a good one. Like the the actual like literal Twitter account um, put out a tweet that said we're working on an edit button, and for like half <laughs> okay. a second I was like, eh. and then I was like, no, okay, all right, what is today, Andrea? Yeah. So, but it was That's it was good. It was decent. Like it was just you know mm -hmm. very like we're working on an edit button, you know, very calm. Are you like pro or con edit button on Twitter? Um, or against. I, I mean, I, I like the idea of it, but I mean, then it would probably defeat the purpose of Twitter. So just, you know, leave it on other platforms. It doesn't need to be on Twitter. Delete your tweet. If you want to edit, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, well, it's there for the permanence that is the internet. Right. But if it's a big enough account, someone screenshots it anyways, but those right. can be faked. But then editing, you know, if you have an edit thing and you edit and you do like Slack and it says it's been edited, mm -hmm. you don't know what for, but yep. you know, it has been edited and you could even, you could even have a change log feature, right? Like, you know, look back or something, but yeah, I mean, then it, then it would help with just genuine mistakes, you know? Exactly. Like I think about sometimes, um, you know, like tweeting for my work group. I've definitely made mistakes or like tagged the wrong person in something yeah. because I thought that that was their handle. And then they were like, actually, it's this. I'm like, ah, damn. Now I have to like delete the tweet, go back and redo it because the point of the tweet was good. I just like tagged the wrong person. So it would be nice in those instances, especially for like business Twitter, you know, to like be like, yeah. all right, I would love to fix that. But, you know, the, the yeah. workaround of deleting and doing it again is not usually all that terrible so right yep 
Well, um, today we have quite a lot of news, actually, on mm-hmm. the show, um, considering we had a show recently, because looking at like the things we've done, it's like, oh, we didn't do all that much. Well, we just had a show not that long ago. Exactly. So, um, but that's fine. And we'll get through the news. In the latter half of the episode, we're going to be finally talking about the end of Raised by Wolves, mm-hmm. season two. So, um, some of you have been enjoying our thoughts on previous episodes. We're going to finish it out. It's episodes seven and eight. We'll be getting really uh, all full of spoilers and that kind of thing. Hopefully philosophical again. We'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, if you've seen Raised by Wolves, stick around for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get there, um, we got to talk about drink holidays, right? Well, there are none. Ah, April oh. Fool's. Oh, my God. There you got us. Okay. <laughs> got us all. Done. Yeah. Obligatory. Bye-o. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to mention April Fool's since, you know, we are celebrating it. Um, it's listed mm-hmm. on drink holidays as, you know, a holiday to note. So what I don't know. What, I don't know what uh, you're supposed to like drink on yeah. April Fool's. If there's like something out there that's like, haha, this is, you know. Raise a glass of this, April Fool's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, yeah, today is April Fool's Day, so happy that if you're a jokester or like enjoy pranks, um, perhaps you can make somebody a terrible, terrible drink. And that's yeah. that's a little April Fool's gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to celebrate something, you know, actually involved with drink holidays, uh, upcoming on April 6th, it is New Beer's Eve. And I remember celebrating this last year and having no clue what it meant. So this year I was like, I'm going to look it up before the show to know what this means. Um, So this New Beer's Eve is the celebration of the night before the day Prohibition officially ended in the U.S., which was on April 7th. Gotcha. So it is New Beer's Eve. So we're just like on the eve of Prohibition being lifted. Well, see, that's that's a poor choice in names because <laughs> I could have myself some whiskey then or anything, you know, you could have. Yeah, you could really have anything. Right. I mean, I, li- I like the way that like New Beer's Eve rolls off your tongue. But yeah, sure. it, it does seem kind of wasted on something as general as prohibition yeah. being lifted. So. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But yeah, regardless, regardless of its appropriateness, I am celebrating with a beer. Uh, one of my favorite new ones, a Hazer Tag from Odell. It's a hazy IPA. Okay. So, cheers. Nice. Yeah, cheers. I um, I as well have a beer. Then you know, I mean, I didn't look up the you know definition. Mm-hmm. I have it in my Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Nice. My my Doctor Who mug. Cybermen. Cybermen. Yep. <laughs> and uh, this, is, this glass was from Pete. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, I was thinking, we're talking about deleting tweets, um, deleting oh, yeah, thirst, Delete, you know, all kinds delete. of things. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a beer from Boulevard Brewing. Mm-hmm. It's called Pint Sized Hawaiian Pizza Party Tiki IPA. Okay, so what's in there? I'm guessing pineapple. Yep, that would be accurate. I'm hoping um, not other things that are usually found on a pineapple pizza. Mango and vanilla beans. 
Okay, so definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it's an India Pale Ale brewed with pineapple, mango, and vanilla beans. That actually sounds um, pretty good. It's not a. I I think it applies also for April Fools. I guess drinks because <laughs> gotcha because it's not good. <laughs> it's not <laughs> if if anyone was asking for beer and they drank this expecting a beer, it really doesn't taste like one. It tastes like some it's sort like of pineapple s- juice. Oh, okay. I was wondering if it was like maybe like a hard seltzer or something like that. Oh no, nope. I'm not that it's- young. Just uh, tastes like some pineapple juice then. It really does. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Pineapple juice with a little bit of uh, a little back end of weediness. Sure. So, but it's got a, it's, it's got a fun can. I guess it's going to be refreshing for this. And I don't remember having it. And then once I taste it, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I haven't had it. So I thought, well, new beer. Um, oh, there you go. New Year's Eve, so. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. uh, before I looked it up, I was like, New Beer's Eve. I wonder if that means I have to have like a beer that I haven't had before. Right. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I don't have to. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, um, great. We got um, um, our weeks, weeks, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Our um, short week. Yeah. Yeah. Like you what said, I you felt managed like. To... Yeah, yeah, I felt like I hadn't done very much. Um you know, just because it's such a short week, but I guess for it only being since Monday, since we've had a show, I've done some pretty decent stuff. Obviously watched Raised by Wolves, which we'll talk about later. Um, mm-hmm. Finished West Side Story, which I had said I'd started after, you know, seeing uh, a couple of wins for that film at the Academy Awards. Um, definitely recommend. I Okay. It's not, it's not anything that is groundbreaking or revelatory in terms of, you know, they didn't like totally reimagine the show, but it's just really well done, you know? Okay. So, I mean, if you have uh, seen West Side Story before and want to see a great version of it, watch this. If you haven't seen West Side Story and you're just kind of like, oh, I've always maybe wanted to try it, see this. It's a well done film with really great performances. Um, and I get why Ariana DeBose. Uh, so far, I get why she was awarded Best Supporting Actress. Okay, like I didn't, I cool. I thought her performance was definitely worthy of the award. Now I'm saying that not having seen some of the other performances, but right, just like n- after watching it, it's like, oh yeah, I see why she was nominated. Like I don't see any problems with her performance, or you know, I don't disagree with that nomination. You know, that's got to be a way a lot of these award shows um, in this space, but for sure in the video game space must go Mm -hmm. where people are voting and they have not tried all of the things. Yeah. So I always feel bad when I like I don't vote in many of this uh, the most stuff now, because even though it's like, well, I really want this game to win game of the year Mm -hmm. because it's great. I love it. But I've only played one of the other options, you know. So it's not really fair. Yeah. Yeah. I always, um, I, when I think of like, you know, casting my own votes for stuff, I usually, when I was younger and sometimes I'll still do this depending on the year, but I, I participate in stuff like the people's choice awards. Um, I was like that. And usually I've seen most of, so if it's a category category, I come across and usually they have like six nominees. If I've seen about roughly four of the six, 
I'll vote in it. If I've seen less, then I I try to like skip that category because I don't feel right okay. voting yep. in it. Yep. So that's kind of like um, my benchmark. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. More than most do, I'm sure. Yeah, pr- probably. Yeah, I probably really shouldn't be like holding myself to some like ethical standard of fairness yeah. here in the People's Choice Awards. Yeah. But you know, because, I mean, then it is just it really is just a popularity contest you mm-hmm. know um people vote whoever's seen whatever the most is likely to win right right so, so it really is yeah just exposure yep. rather than you know sometimes merit but yep you know that's why they're the people's choice awards and things like that you know they're not necessarily merit-based all the time so mm-hmm. yep um but so yeah so i i watched that would highly recommend um and then I watched the highly anticipated first episode of Moon Knight, which I believe you did also. Yes. I have, I will say, mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. Just about like non-spoiler ones you can. Yeah, yeah. Just about the pace of the first episode um, and the introduction to a lesser known character. I thought. There were some good moments of intrigue and, you know, setting up for interesting things to happen. And then there were moments that felt, I thought, very frenetic and a little, a little hard to go with um, in terms of, you know, this is a character I don't know all that much about. And I, like I said, I think there were moments of great, like, expectation and anticipation. And then there were some things that I felt dragged a little bit in setting up the the mystery of what exactly is going on with our main character. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if you've seen it, you'll get it. And if you haven't, it won't, you won't. So it won't be a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I think they have, a, they're setting themselves up to have a lot to prove in one way, mm-hmm. because they have all these things that are happening that you don't get to see as an audience member. And it's like, well, when we do get to see that, it better be cool yep. because you're letting that play out in our minds right now. It's like, Whoa, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know. Um, you know, my only reference for this show and, um, to like how it relates to the source material is our friend Pete. Right. And the show, and, um, you know, he would have preferred the more original take of Moon Knight versus the more modern version. Mm-hmm. But um, I talked to him a little bit and he seems to think it's a promising first start, you know, um, mm-hmm. for the most part. I think they might have done well to have two episodes. Yes. R- available right away. I agree. That'd be my I thing. agree. I think there was... A lot of setup in this first episode and people I think are going to feel a little disconnected waiting for the second one. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like it really got rolling mm-hmm. at the end. Like what's going to happen yeah. now? You know, well, let's see it. Let's go. And, um, yeah, and I don't, I don't yeah, think but, it got rolling in a way that's a good cliffhanger. I think right. it got rolling in a way that would be really great to roll right into the next episode. Yeah. Because yeah. I just got intrigued. Um, I do want to say I think Oscar Isaac is doing well in the yep. first episode. Mm-hmm. 
Like he's got yep, a he's got so. a lot of opportunities to show off like a range of acting chops, and I think he does well. I just think that, like I said, there's there's just a lot of setup going on mm-hmm. that might be better served with with more episodes, I guess. Mm-hmm. I like the music. I thought mm-hmm. uh, that was cool. Some of the effects I thought weren't great. Um, mm. I was a little. I thought some of the driving stuff didn't look particularly real. The guys that were coming after him in that driving sequence, that was a little, yeah, just, a little I don't know. like some CGI. Yeah, I'm just like, I just thought, what is going on? This is mm-hmm. Disney. You have all the money in the world. Why are you skimping on this? Yeah, why are you skimping on your um, effects, man? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I want to say something, but now I don't know if it's going to be a spoiler about okay, yeah. who appears well, in the first episode. Yeah, not the we'll character, but like the literal it. actor. So, mm, yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, let's talk about it. I I mean, I would have liked the two episodes at once, but mm-hmm. I know they're trying to pace it with um, Kenobi sure. coming out. You know, they want to have that right, that cadence of stuff coming out. So that would be my guess there. And it always looks bad to push, push it. So, but we will talk about a related yeah. story there in a little bit. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm ready for the next one. We'll see what mm-hmm. comes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I did that. I read a little bit of these Daredevil comics that I've been reading. Oh, sure. Um, okay. I, w- I was wondering if that was reading Daredevil or watching Daredevil since we can now also on Disney. Right. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting if I, because when Moon Knight's done is when I'm canceling Disney and stuff. And so like, that's my right. time frame for, for Daredevil. But sure. like my dad has some vision stuff right now. So I don't know that they're going to want to watch it anyways at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I've been reading some of the comics and I'm looking for the next ones now and they seem to be sold out unless I pay a lot to have them shipped from the United Kingdom. So I'm kind of just <laughs> at a impasse. Yeah. I'll check I'll check local comic book stores when I get the chance for them. So that kind of thing. But yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, Ghost Adventures, watch some more of that and and D and D played D and D played some even today. So mm-hmm. the escapades and yes, Dungeons yes, and Dragons I was, world. I was hearing about your escapades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to call them something else. I was going to call them your sexcapades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Hey, you know, it's a, it's a realized, pretty realized world. And that's right. It's a it's a fantasy setting. People want to be able to have sex with fake characters. It's just the way it is. You know, that's just like so, real life. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, we should get in some news. Yeah, big kind of cool breaking stories just happening now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just heard about this tonight. Anyways, we talked on the last episode about the Oscars and the slap mm-hmm. and all that stuff like everybody else did. But um, now Will Smith is has resigned from the Academy, mm-hmm. the uh, Academy Awards Academy. That is mm-hmm. um, his statement. 
My actions at the 94th Academy Awards presentation were shocking, painful, and inexcusable. The list of those I have hurt is long and includes Chris, his family, many of my dear friends and loved ones, all those in attendance and global audiences at home, Smith said. I betrayed the trust of the Academy. I deprived other nominees and winners of their opportunity to celebrate and be celebrated for their extraordinary work. I am heartbroken. I want to put the focus back on those who deserve attention for their achievements and allow the Academy to get back to the incredible work it does to support creativity and artistry in film and quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um... I have to say my initial reaction was regardless of whether this is genuine or a PR move or a mix of both, I certainly agree with the statement that, you know, his actions took away from other others, you know, both individuals and groups um, who were being honored and celebrated that night. So I appreciate his direct call out of acknowledging that, you know, that that this became such an overwhelming topic that, you know, you hardly mention the Oscars without talking about this altercation rather than the winners Um, and all of their wins were overshadowed. So I certainly appreciate the fact that this acknowledged that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. I don't know what, um, like, all kind of led to this. I know the Academy is doing some other, whatever they call investigation or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, there was some footage released that made it look like uh, Jada Pinkett Smith was laughing at the at mm. Chris Rock's response or at something um, when, yeah. when Will was coming back. And then the all report also came out that they tried to kick him out mm-hmm. after and he refused to leave. Mm-hmm. Those were two kind of developing extra things since we talked about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I don't really have anything to say about the, the report that Jada laughed. I certainly saw the video, which is from mm-hmm. behind, and she just like leans yep. forward. And I was like... That is that is a lot of speculation. I, I need a little bit more. I mean, she could be uncomfortable and just like not know what to do with herself, you know, or shocked. Or she could be, you know, t- too much speculation there for me to be like, sure. that's definitively what that is. Um, it does seem more likely that it's true that the Academy asked Will Smith to leave and he refused. Um you know, I mean, I would give more credence to to that being a thing. Um, if that is true, I am disappointed um, that, you know, he maybe chose not to comply. But I guess, again, I don't really know the specifics of, like, how forceful they were in a request. If they were like, yep. we think it would be better if you left. And he was like, I don't want, to, you know what I mean? I don't know that yep. it was like people saying you have to leave and he refused or if they were like suggesting he'd leave. And he refused. So, I mean, I'm sure once the Academy concludes whatever investigation or kind of, you know, thing that they're doing with regard to this incident and and they issue a response, I'm sure we'll get some more clarity around that. Yep. Um, We have 
three more celebrity stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we don't talk about celebrities specifically that much, but it's just Not generally, no, you know, the way it is here. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's pretty sad uh, and yeah. came as a surprise. Bruce Willis, um, he's been doing a lot of indie work these days and stuff, it seems, but obviously very famous. He is stepping away from acting because mm-hmm. he's been diagnosed with, if I'm saying this right, aphasia, mm-hmm. um, which is a, something that prevents you from being able to talk and communicate. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess it's already affected him on some some projects. And um, yeah, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I did not uh I did not see this coming either. Um it was a bit of a shock and a surprise. Um and of course very sad to learn about that you know he's been diagnosed with this disease and you know has already seen some struggles with it. Um but you know, I think I think this is obviously what he feels is best for himself and for his family. Um and you know, hopefully he can get some some treatment. Um mm-hmm. I don't like you, I don't know a great deal about the disease and I don't know a great deal about, you know, how you would go about treating it, but I hope that there's, there's something that can be done for him. Obviously, you know, a Hollywood legend and a legendary career. Um, Mm -hmm. so sad to see him leave, but obviously what's best for him at the moment. Yeah. They, um, they mentioned in the, uh, times article that, uh, it's often treated with, basically speech therapy mm. and then nonverbal communication. So, mm. you know, it's like sad as that is, it seems like if your mind is still there and you can learn sign language mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, obviously, yeah. yeah, tough for your career and all that stuff and a very difficult situation, but. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm sure that strikes him, you know, especially hard being an actor and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, your speech is the way that you communicate in your work. Right. You know, it's, I mean, we all do to some extent, but obviously it's, it's really a focus when you're an actor. So yep. yeah, that's gotta be very time tough. for silent films. <laughs> Bring it back. Yep. I, I haven't seen a Bruce Willis movie in a while, but man, it's got some good stuff. Obviously die hard is classic. Yeah. Um, Obviously. Signs is spectacular, mm-hmm. you know, so. I think uh, I think as you know, millennial babies, um, who doesn't remember his uh, his very notable guest starring role in and Friends? Friends. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic. Yep, that's pretty good too. Yep, so, that is. Um, yeah, I actually just I actually funnily enough, I just was watching him on the screen today. Um, I had a bit of like just mindless television on and uh the channel i was watching was playing charlie's angels full throttle the one where okay his his ex-wife demi moore is the villain and he has like a very small bit part in it but i was just like man like even just like this little five minute thing that he did he just like is just all bruce willis just like steel and you know like hard expressions and just like total badass so <laughs> have you seen all of the Die Hard movies? I have not. Um, okay. 
I have not seen three or four, I realized. Okay. Um, I, I think there's even a, is there a five now? Or oh, is, I don't know, actually. You know, like that, the two, did he do two recent ones? Or did he just there do is, one I don't think I've one. seen that one. Okay. He did one with uh, the more recent, a good day to die hard, Alan says. Yeah. Fifth, fifth. fifth. Yep. Okay, okay, yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay, so I didn't see I, that one. So, so Chris um, went hunting with my family this last year and they, they were at like a little cabin and the only entertainment that they had at night was like all of the diehard boobies. So he would like oh. call me after like watching them. And he's like, I haven't watched these in years. And he was like, you know, and then this happened and then your grandfather did this and like thought this was super funny because he's never seen the diehards. And I realized from Chris, like recapping the plots, I've seen diehard one, and two have seen, a piece of three because I vaguely remembered some things and then mm-hmm. had not seen like the recent diehards. Okay. So. Yeah, I've seen. Okay. Yeah. Diehard three die, diehard with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I've yep. seen all, I've seen the first live for your diehard. That's four. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll have to check out the fifth one. I, I liked all of them that I'd seen. One and two were great. I thought three was a misstep, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And then I actually liked four quite a bit, surprisingly. It's got the the Mac guy in it. Um, remember, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. Oh, Ad. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Justin okay. Long, yeah. Yeah. yeah Alan's got yep. it, yep. Mm-hmm. So. Well, best of luck, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Um, Another... <laughs> another celebrity story this one i have less sympathy for the actor yeah um ezra miller a um constant weirdo uh mm-hmm. i'd say it's his uh, second profession um he plays the flash mm-hmm. and there's more to this than i thought because okay so this i have from the Hawaii news now dot mm, com. Yeah. Um, according to the police, police, the arrest stemmed from an incident at a karaoke bar in Silva Street on Sunday. The 29 year old was allegedly yelling obscenities and became agitated when people began singing karaoke. At one point, police say Miller grabbed the microphone from a 23 year old woman who was mid song. Police say Miller later lunged at a 32 year old man playing darts. Both of those actions led to a disorderly conduct and harassment offense. The bar owner asked Miller to calm down several times, but to no avail, police said. He was arrested and charged and released after posting a $500 bail. This is what I read and the story I posted here, mm-hmm. but there's more to this. And oh I, I should have found, um, because apparently he broke into someone's house. What? Um, Yes. Before or after and this bar incident? Th- that I'm not sure. But he, he, and I'm going to, uh, he allegedly burst into the bedroom um, and threatened the husband, saying, I will bury you and your slut wife. Whoa. Whoa. Um, <laughs> it is apparently, he allegedly stole the passport of the wife. 
and the and wallet so included a social security card driver's license bank cards and among other things of the husbands um oh my god boy this is maybe so like his antics at the bar was like them. childish pranks like yeah jesus this is a b and e um, now he said, this is certainly a stunning turn of events, especially because the couple apparently got along with Ezra Miller at first up until the incident at the karaoke bar. Ezra what? Miller had been staying with the couple for more than oh, a week. Oh, okay. So I much like, so, so I know him, I guess. That the husband allegedly drove Ezra Miller around town to help with his errands. I, I, <laughs> just weird. WTF, it's weird. man. I don't. I don't yeah. even know what to say about this. I mean, what happened? The I. I want to know what the involvement was. Is he like? And why would you steal from them? Like, I don't. I right. just. It's so much. What? What are you? You taking their wallet for? You're having someone drive you around. You're. Wait. You. You gotta. I mean, in this. In this instance, I really feel like there's gotta be some form of substance at play. Whether it's he has taken a substance or perhaps um, he is normally maybe on some type of medication for yeah. for something that he's got and and maybe fell off his normal routine of taking sure. that. I just I just feel like man, there's there's just not something of this level that can happen, you know, without alcohol or drugs or some form of of substance because this is just too bizarre <laughs> so they said that that at the bar he took issue with them singing the lady gaga and bradley cooper ballad shallow um said the song apparently aggravated miller okay i mean controversial opinion time i don't particularly care for that song but that doesn't mean i'm gonna like <laughs> bust it up if somebody's singing it at karaoke night and then uh yeah. you know go try to rob my friends so yeah definitely yeah like you say drugs definitely on drugs or needs drugs <laughs> yeah i mean or like i said is maybe you know something happened in a normal routine and he's off he's off maybe something that usually helps him. It just feels like yeah. this, this, you know, this. I, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe yeah. mm -hmm. it was a, it was a weird misunderstanding. He kind of freaked out. Weird whatever night. the thing is, you know, he is a weird guy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Eccentric, but, sure. Yeah, but now, or at least we, now, we thought of him that way. Now I'm, now yeah, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I think we're moving beyond, yeah, being eccentric, mm -hmm. and and we're we're into some very yep. serious issues here. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what the result of this is, but in some form or fashion, I I think there needs to be, you know, we can't just like let him off with like a night not even a night probably spent in jail and a $500 bail. Um, I think there needs to be a little bit more serious repercussions for that. And, and also I hope some help because it sounds sure. like he needs it. 
Well, speaking of uh, eccentric and um, <laughs> at least playing characters that are pretty unstable at times, mm -hmm. Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. uh, he obviously another uh, very well-known, um, I would argue up there with Bruce Willis, of course, actor, been a yeah, lot legendary of in his own right. Yeah, he is. Um, he's been doing the press rounds for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Mm -hmm. He's been commenting on a lot of things. He comments on the Will Smith stuff. He's commented on, um, I don't know what else. Was, some people brought up uh, Alicia Silverstone incident back in the day. Mm -hmm. Now he is, um, now he's saying that, you know, he's maybe just gonna be done with acting for a little mm -hmm. while after, mm -hmm. after Sonic. So uh, part of his, interview that I thought was kind of interesting was um, he said, yeah, I'm being fairly serious. Uh, it, if the angels bring some sort of script that's written in gold ink and says to me that it's <laughs> going to be really important for people to see, I might continue down the road, but I'm taking a break. And he added, I really quite like, uh, I really, I really like my quiet life mm -hmm. and I really like putting paint on canvas. I really love my spiritual life. I feel like, and this is something you might never hear another celebrity say as long as time exists. I have enough. I've done enough. Mm -hmm. I am enough. End quote. So Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Just like, you know, recognizing that you don't need to keep doing stuff just to do stuff. You know, you can have a quiet sure. life. He, he, I mean, he's obviously got an impressive resume and impressive, you know, filmography. And if he feels done, then just go take it. And if, mm -hmm. you know, like he says, that perfect script in that perfect moment of time comes to him and he really wants to do something like who's who's saying no, you know, yeah. who's saying yeah, no to Jim Carrey back. back. Yep. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I think it's a a blessing for him to be able to choose his moment. And if he wants to step back into semi or permanent retirement, good for him. Yeah. I think that was really beautifully I, expressed. I always thought he was a little underrated. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people appreciate him for his comedy, but right. something like the um, shoot, what's that movie now? Um, Eternal Sunshine, The Majestic. I know Eternal Truman Sunshine. Show. I need to watch that one. Truman Show. Yeah. Truman Show. He's, he's fantastic in that movie. Mm -hmm. That's an emotional, fantastic movie. He is um, also very fantastic in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a very bizarre movie, but the performances kind of kept me, kept mm -hmm. me there. And his was certainly one of them. Nice. Yeah. Well, cool. I, and in the meantime, I'm excited for Sonic 2. Yeah, right? Sonic, the uh, the surprise hit everybody kind of yeah. thought was a little bit of a joke and a little bit like, ah, oh, you know, some kids movie, whatever. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then it was actually really good. Yep. Um, moving away from the celebrities, we have mm -hmm. a weird and odd surprise announcement for Kenobi. <laughs> That they're pushing back the premiere date by just a couple days. So, so weird. it's going to be now May 27th, a mm -hmm. Friday, and they're going to release two episodes at once. Yeah. Weird. Why was yeah. this a thing? 
I, again, I had to think is for some sort of pacing or some sort of a event they wanted to be around or not, you know, like what, let Moon Knight wrap up and then have sure. time for that to set just for a little before they, but it's only a couple days. It's interesting. Right, right. It's not even like a week. That's, that's why I feel like it's just so yeah. weird. Um, Last minute special effects touch-ups. <laughs> Um, it's kind of weird because, uh, May 25th would have actually been, so I was thinking about, you know, is May 27th something significant in Star Wars, but May 25th is actually significant in Star Wars because that's, uh, when A New Hope came out. So it feels like would have been really cool to release Kenobi that day. Yeah, and I also think but. that Star Wars Celebration is that weekend. Sure. So the so I don't know, maybe they want it seems like you'd want to premiere it right before. So right, then people not could like go to the celebration. Yeah, right. Yeah. Then, yeah. I don't know who don't made know. this choice, but thumbs down. Um yeah. yeah, I think it would be better to to stick to the Wednesday the twenty fifth, celebrate, you know, kind of a cool like oh, it's you know a release date of some significance. And then, like you said, you have time to yeah. watch it and then we'll have this celebration on the weekend. Yep. Yep. Let's see. Sticking of, to Disney. I was going to say, speaking of poor decisions by Disney. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't this odd? Yeah. Isn't I'm this really weird? It. At first I thought it was, maybe it wasn't real, you know, maybe it was, right. uh, you know, I saw some place. I'm like, well, okay, maybe someone put that out and they jumped the gun on, you know, and it's right. not, it's not true. But um, then I saw yeah, a few different see. places and then the before and after. So it seems to be legit. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. They've, mm-hmm. they've made it less graphic, at least in two particular scenes. Yeah. It's interesting. Someone noticed this, you know, whatever. I don't know why you're watching this show again, but someone did, (laughs) I guess. Um, Because that was the question, like when they were bringing the Netflix over, Netflix Marvel shows, are they going to cut things away? And it seemed like not, you know, seemed like they were leaving in the sex and the blood and all this stuff. And there's definitely lots of violence there. I feel like we Mm would have heard about that for sure. Yeah. So then to take one of their own shows that premiered on their own service and they remove some blood, um, it's really weird. Yeah, doesn't the, doesn't these particular things feel really pointless? You know what I mean? Like they're they're yeah. not even to me like the worst parts of some of this. And what was right. the point of it? You know, in the in the first instance, um, I thought maybe they were trying to do a very poor like hatchet job of you know maybe we messed up and we want this character to be alive. You know, okay. like maybe they were like, oh, we yeah. want some uncertainty and we just kind of changed our minds. So we're like quick and I like, which sure. I think is terrible. Like make your decisions or don't like stick with stick with shit happening. And like, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But in the second instance, you know, where they're talking about this fight against um, some mercenaries and this woman gets like pinned by a pole that's thrown at her. And now it like appears not to like yeah, they Why? cut away a little before or something. They, yeah. yeah, it like it like doesn't pin her to like this metal you know storage mm-hmm. container thing like it does in the in the original 
version of the scene. And I'm just not really understanding why. It's also not like the most graphic part of this show. No. So what was the point here? Like in the first instance, like I said, poor decision, retroactive. Maybe you're trying to like resurrect a character and you're like, I really need, you know, this death to be ambiguous so we can fix that. Again, poor, poor job, but I maybe would have understood the second I don't understand it all. So dumb. It's weird. If someone has an explanation. Yeah, please let us know. Yeah, if my my wild like off the wall theory about maybe resurrecting this character is correct. Like maybe that's a reason. But like I said, I don't I don't see the reason for the other scene. So I always complain about other people censoring other people's stuff. Not right. someone censoring their own, their own stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it's an, I wonder it's if anybody, um, I wonder if anybody from the show is going to speak out about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, wonder I mean, if, I, think, like, I think it was a major <laughs> character, you know, like a main event or something, but this is just like, you know, a dude, no one cares about, <laughs> you know, blood yeah, splatter I mean, or not. Yeah. He's obviously, you know, an antagonist and, and like I said, could maybe reer- reappear again, but he's not like, he's not like Baron Zemo. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. It's not like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like someone would ta- speak up then, you know, that would be the thing if it was right. like bigger right. like that. But it'd be interesting if they do ask anybody, because I would be interested yeah. to know the, the response to that. Well, speaking of censorship allegations, let's talk about Crunchyroll. Oh yeah. Um, they, you know, obviously they've they've consumed Funimation now, mm-hmm. uh, becoming one as they morph and meld together, and um, they're doing a whole Dragon Ball Z fusion um, to make it appropriate for the the genre. And in this process, you know, there was going to be some changes. Some there's definitely some more concerns I've seen since. Um, one of those concerns has been that Funimation, being they sold DVDs, um, they would get the unedited version of anime and then eventually put that on their service. So you could watch mm-hmm. the like English dub, the subtitles, and then the uncut version. Sure. And um, most other services in like Crunchyroll I guess in Japan, they're actually doing some new standards for uh, obscenity on television. And so a lot of uh, anime and all different kinds of shows, not limited anime, are getting toned down for their broadcast version. Now, other people can get from places the uncensored version, but what appears on television is censored. Crunchyroll uh, gets those versions. They get those broadcast versions. So okay. to my understanding is that there's a lot of allegations of censorship from Crunchyroll, but, I, and I don't know, someone can correct me on this, but what it's seeming like now with more information is it, it seems like more of the censorship is happening mm. from in Japan and they're getting the broadcast versions. Now the worry is, will, the, will Crunchyroll having consumed Funimation, will they make DVD releases? Mm-hmm. Will it be under still called Funimation? Will it be just Crunchyroll? Will they get those uncut versions and then put them onto the streaming service? Or is mm-hmm. that just gone and done? Sure. Um, 
I think other people there, I think there's another element of, of censorship that comes from more um, messing with the uh, subtitles from Crunchyroll. That's a different issue for another day, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but one of the other now things that is not so great potentially, um, and I know is going to probably upset a lot of people is Crunchyroll is ending its ad supported simulcasts yep. starting this spring. So they're going to give people a, I think, three episode trial mm -hmm. of new shows. But then after that, it's done. And as uh, you know, yeah. previously, you could just you you could watch the new stuff. You just would be a week or so behind. Yep. Yeah, I am. Uh, I will freely admit I'm one of those people. Um, I have, you know, Crunchyroll at the free level and quite enjoyed, you know, my my free access. Um, I did not mind waiting a week. I didn't mind waiting through ads. It, it I mean, for 20 minute episodes, it doesn't really bother me all that much. So yeah, this is a this is a big disappointment for me. Um, you know, I mean, I know it doesn't seem like uh starting at like the for the um paid membership starting at like eight bucks, it doesn't seem like all that much, but you know, when you do have X amount of streaming services, like just the thought of adding one more, of course, is like, oh my God. Like, sure. <laughs> how much of my money do people want to take? So I'm bummed about this for sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely um, prioritize uh, anime these days or whatever. So, like, mm -hmm. they'll have my money, but at the same time, it's weird. Like, couldn't you? I mean, it seems strange to me. Couldn't you push the, you know, say you could even do something like you don't get the new show when this when the season's done, you get it or right. it's a two week delay right. or, you know, just so you incentivize people a little more. It's like, oh, I really want to be caught up on the current thing. Mm -hmm. I'll pay the eight dollars a month or I don't know a little a little bit longer ads or something you'd, you'd think that they'd be able to do it's just like hulu you know they do ads then you pay yeah. for it and you still get ads and yep. then, you know like it's uh um i don't know it's it's surprising yeah i mean it's you know they've they've had this this ability for so long it does feel like you know why now why is this changing now and it's disappointing that it's happening um can't stop it but yeah. yeah, well, my guess is because they had a seemingly viable competitor before and now they're mm. feeling a little high and mighty. Right. Um, that, you know, there aren't are a lot of competition. Yeah, there aren't a lot of real um, other options that are so dedicated, obviously, to anime. You can get it now from Netflix and HBO and some of that Ooh, it yeah. is. There are other things available. But as far as getting current, you know, come to the United States, fresh, hot off the presses kind of thing. Right. Crunchyroll is the dominant force now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, all those, uh, all those times we've talked about, you know, uh, um, Monopoly and here we're feeling the first mm -hmm. effects. Yep. Yep. Um, all right, the sticking to the Japanese um, bend of things, the mm -hmm. eastern part of the world, sad news, but I'm okay with it personally. 
The new Zelda game, the follow-up to Breath of the Wild, has been mm-hmm. delayed. We were hoping that it would come out, expecting it would come out end of this year. It's now going to be spring of 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this is... It's be a long time between games. Yeah, it is. Um, honestly, games being delayed just doesn't surprise me at mm-hmm. all really anymore so this news broke and i was like sure yeah I'd rather have yeah. it be good you know and yeah. honestly when, whenever whenever a game release is announced i just sort of like take it like okay this is like a general sure. it, you know timeline i really sort of think of it like three months down the road at least yep yep um i'll i'll tack on to this i guess um i mean i'll just say that you know, I'm really big Breath of the Wild fan, so I, mm-hmm. and I'm perfectly fine with this. Like you say, yeah. I just want it to be good. Um, just be great. Surprise me like you did with the first, with the previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as game releases, things that actually did come out, uh, Weird West just uh, dropped. It's, um, it's very much like it sounds. Um, it is mm-hmm. kind of a Western game with a lot of kind of, science fiction elements or magic elements to it. Uh, very strange. You play several different stories. I think five different stories that you go through and they kind of culminate at the end, sort of a action based, uh, three quarter view game, isometric sure. kind of looking thing. It dropped in the game pass day one launch. So it's available for free. If you're a game pass subscriber on both, uh, Xbox mm-hmm. and PC, Mm-hmm. It's getting pretty good reviews. Um, I'm hearing some very good and some kind of, you know, mixed or whatever, but uh, it's cool. pretty good. It's an interest. Yeah, it's an interesting style. And it's made by some developers that used to do, uh, they used to work at um, Bethesda and uh, mm-hmm. more specifically, I um, uh, can't think of their name right now, but uh, they, they worked on Prey and Dishonored, which... Yeah. One of my favorite games of all time is Prey, mm-hmm. and the, f- the first Dishonor that I played is great as well. So mm-hmm. some of that talent is behind this. So I've been thinking about streaming it, playing this, this maybe. Cool. Brand new one. Day one Game Pass release. Yeah. Something different. Yeah. Yeah, this looks pretty awesome. I won't lie. This would definitely be my type of game. Yeah. So. Um... We'll use that to jump into the, we just talked about Game Pass and a mm, day one yeah. launch title that just came to Game Pass. Well, let's talk about the revision that has been announced for PlayStation Plus. <laughs> so Codename Spartacus uh, has been hotly anticipated and uh-huh. much um, like, I don't know, people have had all kinds of predictions what this is going to be. You yep. know, the, the idea was it's going to be an answer or some sort of competitor to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it was met largely with a lot of. Um, well, that was disappointing. <laughs> yeah, is what I've seen. And I, I, I don't know. Um, did you get a chance to look over the tiers and how this is reshaping and stuff? Yeah, essential, extra, and premium. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so extra. I got to get that one right. <laughs> That's always how I describe you, John. Whenever I talk yeah. about you, <laughs> I have this one. Uh, he's he's my podcast co-host. He's just so extra. He's just extra. Mm-hmm. 
Not only that, he's I'm PlayStation the premium. Plus I'm the extra. premium tier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's um, I think that people are jumping a little bit on unfairly on this. I'm going to give PlayStation a little bit of credit here, I guess. Uh, I will say they should have done this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It, it seems that PlayStation now didn't get a lot of credit and people didn't talk about it and PlayStation didn't talk about it. They didn't promote it. It didn't, yeah. didn't see ads for it much and all that stuff. Yes, and so while quiet. PlayStation plus had a lot of, has a lot of subscribers quite a lot. In fact, mm-hmm. um, because people want to have cloud saves and stuff like that. PlayStation now doesn't have all that many. So mm-hmm. merge the two together. Um, but I think a lot of people were hoping for some More. magical answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's. They didn't go ahead and make an emulator for PS3, so PlayStation 3 games are only going to be available via cloud streaming. A lot of people mm-hmm. were disappointed by that, but yep. I kind of anticipated that too. Um, there's, they talk about a catalog of games from the original PlayStation and PlayStation 2 and some of that, and PS4. Mm-hmm. That PlayStation now already has that, so mm-hmm. it's not like a new feature. Right. It does add PSP games. Um. That kind of thing. And they're going to give some game demos. What's that? You know what I mean? Just like, don't, don't pretend like you're offering more than you're offering. Yeah. Well, and again, yeah, I mean, so many people just don't know what PlayStation now offers. That's the thing. So this is kind of new to a lot of people, you know? Yeah. I just sort of think you should market it as like, Hey, we've always done this. Now here's what's like new and exciting. Don't pretend yeah. like it's all new sure. because then you are sure. going to get those people who are like, well, this isn't new. Like, why would you say that? This is very underwhelming. So. Sure. Um, they do call out because the reason that part of the reason I think this is a little unfair potentially is mm-hmm. uh, and maybe they should have. Maybe it's their fault for being not specific enough. But we need to know when you say had PS2 games, original PlayStation games, are you bringing a lot of new ones that aren't currently available? Because that changes things. If you're bringing more classic franchise, yeah. you're getting the licenses for Tomb Raider and different stuff that's maybe not currently available. Right. That could be a bigger deal. And then they are saying that when this launches in June, they're going to have, um, at launch, we plan to include titles such as mm. Death Stranding, God of War, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that to me seems promising. If anyone expected they were going to do day and date game releases for brand new games from first party and third party like Game Pass does, then they mm-hmm. were always set up for disappointment because right. Sony can't afford to do that. Right. Um, but like Returnal came out basically just a year ago. So Miles Morales came out. Well, recent, yeah. Miles Morales has been a little while, but these are, are more recent games. So, right. you know, that's that's not so bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have any more input on this? Have you seen Internet Reaction, um, that kind of thing? I haven't really seen Internet Reaction. Um, I guess my, my first thought is I understand why people might be frustrated, but... Temper your expectations. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's just not quite as possible to launch something. I think as fully developed as game pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you think about game pass, they didn't launch it the way it is today. 
Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's just like no way you would be able to do all the things that Xbox has been able to like develop through game pass. So I just don't know why like this, this upgrade isn't just basically, basically being seen as like an upgrade um, to what exists now and a, and a better offering to what exists now, because that's what it is. You know, it's, it's not like the be all end all, and it's not the end stage. And they certainly could keep developing further to get something on a level with game pass eventually, but yeah, temper your expectations and try it out. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a tough thing when you have, you know, Nintendo probably made the right choice and maybe Sony can't pivot to be able to do this. Because mm-hmm. though Nintendo is competition for PlayStation and Microsoft, um, they've for a while now, you know, for sure since the Wii, done mm-hmm. their own thing. They've mm-hmm. walked to the beat of their own drum. They've, you know, they stuck to their their guns. Have the game releases they're going to do the types of games they have. You know, play with hardware, all this stuff, and they are like, we're not we're going to make it work. So we still make money on hardware. We're not going to compete with these other guys. And maybe it's time that PlayStation tries to make that more clear. Mm -hmm. You know, Phil Dominus Maximus Aurelius Spencer has already said like our real competition is like Amazon, you know, Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Cause they know these big boys with really deep pockets are going to invest in cloud streaming and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're, if they're in it for the long haul, this is who they have to be against in the future and 10 cent and some of that. Um, maybe Sony needs to start making a little more clear that, look, we're going to do our like, I won't want to call them niche, but we're doing our art mm-hmm. piece games. We're doing our high budget, yeah. you know, games with like bespoke hardware. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're doing. And if you yeah. love that and you love us for that, then we're here for you. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're just, we're not the Netflix of games. Right. We play, we're not playing. Don't make space. like mediocre attempts at like. Right competing just define yourself yep. like get in or get out basically like mm-hmm. go all in and if you're gonna create like this rival to you know microsoft and and amazon then do it go all in make it clear even even if this is like a first step make it clear that like this is a first step and we're building towards or get out and like you said define yourself and be like listen we're we're gonna be a little bit more niche we're not gonna be in this like big sprawling arena of things like game pass, but here's what we are mm-hmm. going to do. And here's what we're going to do. Well, yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that launches in June. I will say that my PlayStation plus and PlayStation now subscription is one of the things that's met the chopping block. Um, <laughs> for the time being, Man, you've been, you've been making some big decisions recently. I'm axing, I'm axing. Yeah. you know, I, I don't like giving money to people that don't like me and I don't need to have like endless <laughs> monthly like budgets. That, well, you uh, are so extra. So, you know, I know, right? Yes, that's true. <laughs> I, yes, I understand. Um, all right. Well, we've gotten to the main event mm-hmm. raised by wolves. Ooh. Season two, the mm-hmm. HBO Max show, 
uh, brought to you by Ridley Scott. Um, <laughs> Thank you for, for the sponsorship announcement. Yeah. Ridley Scott <laughs> so wears like trading on my name. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, we have uh, episodes seven and eight more specifically to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And then kind of the whole thing. I didn't take a lot of notes for these two episodes. Me neither. Um, but because I feel like I don't know. I feel they, like a lot a, happened, a, a, but a lot yeah. didn't happen. Right. Yes. I, I, it's so hard to describe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like things mm-hmm. moved forward, but yet at the same time, it wasn't just like my normal stream of consciousness. Like every little thing was like, whoa, that happened. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry, I sounded a little yeah. Keanu Reeves dude bro there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, sometimes man, that's how yeah. I feel watching. Mm-hmm. And I didn't yeah. at this season finale. Okay. Um, well, episode seven. So we have the sad, sad news that, you know, Sue, she's unfortunately yeah. uh, fallen along with um, Soul's plans. And um, th- I think... I asked this before. Do you say soul or Saul? Soul. Soul. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like sun. Soul. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they do say it though. Yeah, like, they say it. Soul. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Soul. Okay. But soul, um, that's what I think of. She is now a tree, mm-hmm. which is kind of beautiful in a way, but also very sad. And, um, oh boy, watching grows, that. Uh, that hologram reenactment that father yes. shows. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. um, there was nothing beautiful good. about that. No. I have to say. No. Um, hey, nature is violent. I uh, I have encountered a series before where someone has become a tree, and I do have to say it was a lot more beautiful than this, you know, literal wrenching of the body into a tree. It's... What movie is that? Is like Eternal Sunshine? No, not we didn't talk about it. What the, what's the it's oh, a Tim so, Burton movie or what's the one that? Oh, so I'm not I'm yeah. not thinking of a, a movie. Um, I'm thinking of a TV show. Oh. Um, it's the Shannara Chronicles, and which oh. is a terrible show. Please do not watch it. Uh, the books are amazing though, and in mm-hmm. in the particular book that I'm thinking of, um, one of the, I'm I won't. Say the book, I won't even say the character, but one of the main characters in this book becomes a tree and it's really like beautiful and this great sacrifice. And it's definitely nothing like here, Raised by Wolves, which I very much expect from this series that it's brutal and violent and, um, you know, not anything that's just <laughs> happy and natural. But yeah, this was a well, these particularly sick, I thought. They spared us from having to see it happen to Sue anyways. Yes. Th- yes. They did have like a, like a very, you know, kind of generic well, it's from the data card, right? So is this, yeah. the, this is like of a ritual pet gone by, you know, cause it has like yeah, it figures around unclear. it. It's like, a yeah. Like if it was a historical this- recording. Right. Or, or, you know, if, if this was exactly what happened to Sue, and there were kind of, you know, maybe figures that we didn't see there. Because mm. we didn't actually see her become a tree. No, no. I mean, we saw the beginnings no. of the kind of wrenching of her body. 
and we understood yeah. we were led to understand what was happening and then we saw right. her as the tree um so yeah so unclear whether this was like a historical record and a simulation of the ritual or a, an exact simulation of what happened to sue mm -hmm. either way pretty mm -hmm. grotesque well, go forward and be fruitful. And indeed she was. She uh, produced a lot of uh, brain fruit. Gross. That, uh... so gross. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what's happening to Andrea? She's falling. I'm becoming a tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. That was, uh, that was pretty sick. I won't lie. Uh, I watched mm. that scene. So you wouldn't eat the brain fruit? I would not. No, it looks like brains. Like, I just, I can't get behind anything that looks like brains. Like, I was watching okay. these people, and it was just like like a weird stand-in for a zombie movie. I was just, you know, I mean, I know the culture is different, but haven't y'all ever seen a zombie movie? Like, this feels like sure. that right now. Especially the way okay. the people were, like, furtively hoarding the fruit when Mother came along and was like, don't eat that. And they were still, like, trying to scoop it up and run away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, we had some, we did have some pretty chaotic, crazy moments in this. So, um, people are eating the brain fruit. Then we have, uh, the, the snake, the serpent, the seventh mm -hmm. that it recognizes that this tree is alive and the fruit is there and it's freaking out. Mm -hmm. Apes takes the fruit and then swallows the whole tree. And the tree is like accepting of it. The tree like forms to be easily to, yeah. consumed. Digested, yeah. Yeah. And then you Sparking thought. Sparking the evolution. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a whole crazy sequence of events. Um, I started out, you know, feeling very sad because, of course, the serpent is trying to escape and it's like hitting itself against the gate and yeah. hurting itself. And I felt bad for it. You know, um, not that I particularly care about the serpent as a character, but, you know, you just kind of see a creature yeah. hurting itself and you feel bad. And then yeah. suddenly, yeah, suddenly, yeah, it's just going after tree Sue and eating mm -hmm. her up. And you're like, well, what's going to happen now? And then it sprouts like tentacle like roots and yep. becomes electromagnetically charged. Yeah. Um. I think it's like taking some of the powers of of the like mother. Yeah, it was unclear. Mother. Yeah, how much of that was its own and then how much of it was like absorbed from mother's normally powerful scream. Mhm. Mm um but yeah, that was just kind of a crazy sequence of events where it just like mutated very rapidly and became quite a danger. Well, so it um, help me make sense of this. We're yeah, please. We're previously when we spoke, I think we were talking about how the different halves here. So, like servants of soul, the Mithraic, mm -hmm. and and then the atheists, how we're kind of on the separate sides, and so we kind of have like the devolved humans. Slash yes. That yes. seems like that it was with the atheists and then the yes. and then the serpent 
as being, I, I viewed the serpent as, uh, I'm getting mixed up whose enemies were what. And I thought when I was watching it, it seemed backwards because the serpent now is like taking, it seems like it's part, part of uh, the yeah, at first I'm like, okay, it's going to destroy the tree because right. it senses the fruit and the Mithraic right. intentions here kind of thing. It's going to er erase that. But instead it's like, no, that was the tree was meant to be based on the Mithraic stuff. And then the serpent is part of that to consume right. the tree, to become powerful. So it is the sword and the, the planet. tree. Yeah. Right. But right. There's that the whole serpent like. serpent is the baby of of an Mother. android atheist right. who this creator was, was atheist. So why would that be playing part of the mm -hmm. Mithraic ends? Yeah. So, so what I really feel like it boils down to is we now have like a third character, which they mention a bunch in these couple of episodes and really haven't before, but it's the entity. Right. No idea what, yes. who or what that is, where that falls. But they were talking a lot about how the entity will now be able to reach the atheists through a broadcast signal because the serpent has disrupted that signal with its, like, electromagnetic energy. So, so I don't really know what the deal is with the entity but it seems to be somehow both furthering and destroying at the same time the goals of the Mithraic and the atheist. So, like, it, it helped. Yeah. It helped fulfill the prophecy where, like, the the serpent because it like broadcast a signal to Mother who birthed the serpent. You know, so somehow that sort of furthered like the prophecies of Soul. Who are talking about like the the sword oh, and the tree? That's right. It was so. It wasn't the original campion. That was the trick. It wasn't the right. original campion's plan right. to have this happen. It was it just was some sort of entity. weird signal. Yeah, that, that mother got her. because she wasn't yes. in the tropic zone, which is like protected from the signal. Yep. So, yes. yeah, so I'm not really sure what's what's going on there with the entity. I like they they mentioned it a lot. Um and I had to sort of like take a break and sift through my memories to be like what is the entity? Have we referenced this before? What capacity? So, yeah, so it's been playing like both sides <laughs> for a goal that now I feel like I have no idea what this is and I'm totally in the dark on. Um not particularly loving the way this is introduced now again kind of at the end of a season where we're just like and this other thing is here too um but well, i don't think that's i don't see i don't think little, that's true so i, I it's a little bit more realistic for me than like serpent baby being born last season was sure yeah but i just feel like yeah we're we're doing the thing again when we're kind of like throwing another being another entity in at the end of a season um, without a lot of explanation. Well, talking about this now, I feel like it's becoming clear, actually. So, <laughs> I, so with the, so mother was playing into soul's plans. 
the entity is soul because the entity is the source of the signal and soul is what's getting the signal well, into people's minds. Right. Well, it's it's soul in that we don't know that it's soul yet. Well, Do you know what I mean, mean? like it's it's not like direct. The show hasn't directly equated the two. They've talked about the entity, and grandmother has talked about like the entity. Mm-hmm. So well, because it they don't believe seems- in soul, there's a there's a mythology that a religion created around right. the entity. But that like they've named soul, right? I, I was just gonna say they've named it souls, but it really could be yeah. anything in actuality. Yeah, like I could right. call you know anything that I hear a name, and it doesn't mean that's you know. A name, right? It just means like that's the name I've given it. So the entity to the Mithraic is soul. To us, the neutral viewer, we don't know what the entity is yet. But yes, it is the I mean, stand-in for for soul. I mean, in and in kind these of episodes, <laughs> in a in a pun almost, or it's like it's it's a difference between someone that's religious and not like. You may call God God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different religions will call God a different thing. And though God may exist, it's you've it's you've created what you think God is and you've chosen right. to name it God. Right. That might it may be, not be what um, it actually is. Right. You yep. know, mm-hmm. the creator of, you know, maybe is a thing, but it's not the Christian or Muslim God that you're you're making it to be. Mm-hmm. And so this, with the, the atheists not, you know, understanding there is a signal and it does have a source, right. but all the like worship of it and making it a higher powered being or, you know, something like right. that is, is not factual. So right. it's the entity to them. and others mm-hmm. don't understand. So it's soul. Yep. But did, did then the, the question is, did the entity like, form instruct to have this religion formed around itself or does it literally exist and an ancient civilization has formed all this themselves this right. the symbol you know the the shapes the temples all that stuff do they just mm-hmm. like we're hearing a voice we get take instruction or something you know how right. intricate is that you know yeah no it's it's certainly a good question of like whether the Mithraic religion was formed around, you know, what they thought the entity was, or did they already have this religion come here, feel like this sort of fits and just like ascribe their already right. created right. religion to what's happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so which came first? And like chicken or egg kind of thing. On, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Certainly interesting. Certainly something, um, I think, you know, should there be a season three? I don't, I don't know at this point if there's going to be. Seems like it, but, you know. In the bonus content, they reference season three. Oh, so. they do. Okay. Um, I did not get to watch that. But yeah, so it certainly seems like something in season three they're going to have to address, given the number of times in these last two episodes somebody referenced the entity. Mm-hmm. So to me, the, the only real question is... Um, why does the entity slash soul wants to destroy the planet? And are we sure that seems, that's the goal? Where are you getting destroy the planet? Someone, I am forgetting who said it, said that the serpent was meant to destroy the planet. Interesting. Um, 
I can't remember who said that, but okay. so it would be, you know, is the goal of soul then to like extinguish humans from the planet, perhaps like humans are the enemy. Mm -hmm. And the only way then, you know, that humans have managed to survive have been like to be Android protectors, de-evolved right. live that's, in the ocean. That's certainly the way that, um, you know, grandmother thinks of it, you mm -hmm. know, based on what I can gather from these couple of episodes, like her, her goal is to ensure human survival by whatever means necessary. But her definition of human is very loose. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if we obviously think of what we as viewers think of as human, I think these devolved creatures, we would not consider human, but grandmother does. And she thinks she's, you know, ensuring the continuation of the human species. Yep. So I think it's another great way in which this show brings up the question of what it means to be human. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of the show up to this point has been positing it against, you know, what it means to be an Android. And now we're kind of getting right. to the other end of the spectrum of like, at what point in evolution do you consider yourself a human? Yep. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's really interesting looking back because when they got to the planet, it was pretty much desolate. There's, mm -hmm. you know, life didn't grow in a lot of places, all this stuff, you know, certainly um, changed. Yeah, chemical acidic uh, water and stuff on the other side. But there was all these relics, old temples, mm -hmm. and then what we now know as de-evolved humans. Mm -hmm. um, so it seems to me that the entity, I'm assuming what people are calling Saul, the source mm -hmm. of the signal, yep. succeeded in its goal of ridding the planet of humans getting rid of humans the only the exception being the devolved humans which are living in the ocean and like sure. they're basically like little scavengers away like everything else is decimated the androids that were there it's all mm. done it's like they want the planet the signal wants the planet to just be free of inhabitants free mm -hmm. of intelligent life or something like that like we want mm -hmm. pure nature or something you sure. know whatever its goals are i don't know but it succeeded then when humans came to this planet again um all of a sudden hey are we have to do this over because humans are here again now we can't mm -hmm. have that mm -hmm. so we hatched the plan to get rid of them and so they trick mother into being impregnated and they go through this the whole thing of like um oh oh i see what you're saying yeah so they, they can play all their pieces tell the right people at the right times sure. tell marcus to not kill mother because she's needed for it lead sure. people to the seed all this stuff so you can start the process of mm -hmm. wiping out humans on the planet again so i feel like that tracks except for I feel like this may have happened before, but the process before it could be fully completed was interrupted. And that's why grandmother was found in the condition that she was by father, like disassembled and buried because she's, she's clearly in on whatever this plan is to like devolve all the humans. 
Right. You know what I mean? But that's a means of survival but, against the attack from the entity. Right. And and I and I totally am there with you. I just think she she maybe was like influenced by the signal, was influenced by something else. Maybe we'll get that, you know, exact backstory in season three. But I feel like whatever process was begun wasn't quite completed because it would explain why there were there was maybe at least one, maybe two um humans alive enough to take down grandmother and start this colony that's in the tropic zone that has then created like the barrier signal where the entity can't get in. Cause I feel like there's sure. gotta be some explanation for how they got there. And maybe like the, maybe there's something to do with like the trust was able to save like one or two key humans from the D evolution process. And was able to like shut down grandmother so she couldn't complete that goal. And that's how like the colony, the atheist colony was formed and like the tarantula was built. Because there's gotta be something there they've clearly been there for a little bit anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have a hard time believing that they were there like on the same mission or at the exact same time frame as mother and father. They seem sure. a little bit more established. So I don't know if that's going to be something that's maybe again explained in season three how that exactly works, but that's that's my instinct for how that works. I think I think you're correct. Um, in in like or you know the the theory is a plausible one. I just kind of feel like there's got to be some explanation for why grandmother was shut down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, how did that come to be? You know, what I what I imagine is that. Um, you know, it's happened a millennia ago or whatever, very long mm -hmm. ago. So before any of these people, way before any of these people have showed up. Sure. And that in the attempt to, for the entity to eradicate intelligent life from the planet, mm -hmm. grandmother realizing this, going with the only possible means of survival here is mm -hmm. to make humans devolve. Once she does that, then she's no longer needed. So she doesn't even need to necessarily be taken out or destroyed or mm, anything. Like after a millennia, she has no purpose anymore. She can mm -hmm. just turn off and then let the sands of time wash away, you know, wash over. Mm. Um, and so the planet's basically then Perhaps, at a stasis. Yeah. I can sure. see this kind of becoming some sort of like allegory for like the um, like maybe it's a, a climate thing or a natural, uh, ecological thing or something like mm -hmm. that, where now sure. all humans are reduced to basically animals and they're not, they're not going to create, they're not going to, you know, do anything other mm -hmm. than live instinctually as an animal, essentially. Sure. And then the planet that is governed by the entity is just, you know, exists as well. So mm -hmm. it's a, this like stasis that's held. And sure, so mother having awful. grandmother having seen this, you know, and gone through it in a way, you'd want her to be more upfront about it. But knowing that the others that have not gone through this aren't necessarily going to come to the same conclusion she has, mm -hmm. then therefore hides it. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I mean, you know, kind of once you explain that, I could see that being the case as well. It just begs the question. Um, how long has this atheist colony in the tropic zone been there? 
you know, is it mm-hmm. is it something that's more recently established? We're certainly introduced to it as if it's been longer, but that's not, you know, necessarily the case. I mean, if we think about the, you know, the ship, the Ark coming in with the mm-hmm. Mithraic, and then the, um, it's interesting, everyone's landing on this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we like we talked before, it must be the habitable, had a habitable one. Yeah. The one within reach. But, um, and then you have mother and father, clearly not there very long. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, it, could, it could be anywhere from the atheists were there, you know, two years to mm-hmm. 50 years. Yeah. And it wouldn't, theory, it wouldn't necessarily matter, you mm-hmm. know. But now they have all these other people coming in on the other side of the planet, going in like outside the protection. Mm-hmm. And then, the, you know, to make all this happen so then it can target the people within that zone. Because it was posited that the tree is the means to pr- produce the signal within the like tropical zone. Because mm-hmm. if the signal's coming from underground and the roots digging in the ground, right. this is now a source for the signal to disperse. It doesn't have to come in from, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, upper Yeah, and we, we never really get an answer to that question um, specifically regarding the tree. Of course, we mm-hmm. have in in the first part of the episode seven, we have Paul coming in, you know, having brought everybody the the brain fruit. Um, and, you know, he goes back to Marcus and he's like, now they're all going to become believers, right? So he clearly thinks like yeah. the, the way to, you know, get this signal out there is through the fruit. And we never really, there's never really a pause enough in the action to determine whether or not that that's true. Mm-hmm. You know it, what I mean? Like, I mean, we see like, the people yeah. eat the fruit, but like, it seems not to have any effect. But do we really know that? Because so much of the action of these two episodes is spent elsewhere after we see the fruit. I, I think it was a fake. I think it was a fake out. I thought that for sure, yeah, the fruit, brain fruit's going to do something. I know. That's, I know. That's part of the plan. And then it wasn't part of the plan at all. It was part of. We need the energy for the means for the serpent that we had born of mother. Right to consume and evolve to become right, powerful enough like, to wipe out the humans and stuff. Just cause like yeah, it was even was pumpkins like before the eating food. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, we should talk some too about, um, mm-hmm. so obviously, um, Tempest, we, that's a crazy scene and emotional and stuff like that. Uh, we had, where the, Viral the android comes back with a creepy ass mask um, <laughs> to to try to earn trust back and guide them to where the baby is. Man, we have this whole moment. Um, that man, that was really frustrating for me because I feel like this show is going through a lot of back and forth with Tempest with regard to her baby. You know, it's sure. Like, when she was pregnant, she was very adamant that, you know, she really didn't want her baby. And and I was, you know, like, sure, I understand logically how you would feel. Mother seems to think once you see the baby, you would change your mind. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. You know, we have to wait and see. And then she has the baby, does change her mind, and feels, like, really attached and, and like, oh, this is my baby. And is just, like, absolutely 
wrenched and gutted when, you know, one of these de-evolved humans, as we now know, comes from the sea to take it away from her and is immediately like, we have to find my baby. This is really important. And then suddenly we get to the cave where we find her baby being cared for and nurtured. And she's like, oh, just kidding. Like, I'm not its mom, you know, like this other being is clearly more cut out to be a mom. And I was like, wow, this is a lot of 180s on not a lot of emotional groundwork. You know what I mean? It, the the, the flip flops didn't really feel natural to me. Okay. It was really hard for me to follow. Like, I don't want my baby. I really want my baby. I don't want my baby. This other being can take care of my baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I certainly get that. I kind of chalked it up to it being uh, just an incredibly emotionally complex situation and like not knowing how you, how you're going to react, what you should do, what you want mm -hmm. to do. And, um, yeah, I don't know how, um, I don't know I mean, how authentic it ended up coming away or not, but it's one of those things like you have that moment, you know, and a moment of euphoria and like, look at this thing that I created and stuff. And then the trauma of it being taken away mm -hmm. with the bit of time separation and then seeing it being cared for do you like revert to well it's i was trying to give it away anyways mm -hmm. it seems like it's in better hands like is there a is there a high that's you're now down from in a way mm -hmm. that you know you're, you're taking an opportunity to, to escape this right i mean you know Speaking from my own very limited experiences, you know, of of the <laughs> new mother's club and, and the highs and lows and the emotions that you, you run through or that I certainly rant through, I don't think there's, there's anything disingenuous with portraying um, a new mom having very different emotions and very different reactions to things and and having those moments of like, am I fit to be a mother? You know, is if it would it be best if if somebody else took care of my baby? That because there's moments that of course that you doubt yourself and you're like, what am I even doing? Like, right. God, there's got to be better people, you know, at this than me. Um, but I think there's something about watching it play out in so little time on screen sure. that it's really difficult to feel that you follow Tempest's journey in that way. It, sure. At least for me, kind of right up until we got into that cave and she changed her mind, there there was some, you know, focus on her and focus on her emotions and there and there was a little bit of buildup. But it but she was so determined during the hunt to go find her baby and she was so like, you know, yeah. Rot that it was really hard to watch that 180 happen in in the matter of mere seconds, yep, and not really feel there was just quite enough time for her to run through that gambit of you know self doubt. Yeah, right. Because because even if you ultimately didn't want to care for it, would you be comfortable and leaving it in the hands of this creature? Right. 
Well, and she, um, she does bring up, you know, again, in that moment, um, you know, I, I look at my baby and I do see, you know, my attacker. And it was like, wow, that was, you know, I thought we were past that. I mean, you know, if you have, if you have doubts and you have misgivings about being a mom, like I'm still there with you, but it was just such like a, wow, I thought we were beyond that moment. And it was an odd thing to say, I think in the, in the heat of the moment. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, and I don't feel like they made it very clear that, you know, she obviously must have, but I don't remember mm-hmm. her having seen her attacker. Right. You know, we see him most of the time in the helmet and stuff. Right. And then she was raped in stasis. Right. Not conscious, really. You know, like having a, in a simulation yet, whatever in mind. Right. But, um, so, but it must have been the case. But it, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, talking about it, I do agree that it seems, it seems like they had an outcome they wanted to mm-hmm. happen and how are we going to get there? And mm-hmm. maybe it didn't feel as natural because le- you're right. Like you say, you, she was like, we got to find the baby. We got to find my baby, you know? And then mm-hmm. you find a baby and no, that is, yeah. that is an odd reaction that, especially in the arms of, of what would look like a creature, you know? Right. So. Right. They um, haven't, they haven't, you know, come to the realization of like, these creatures are, are simply devolved humans and, you know, right. we know, we know their origin. We have no idea. You know, she's, she's yep. basing all of this. She's basing this huge decision on a, a very momentary, like, look, this creature can feed my baby. Yep. Great. <laughs> like many, yeah. many things can do that. Um, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they are caregivers. Right. Nor that it's the proper nutritional mix. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, as we find out, I, it's a, it's, you know, right. Alteration, you know, is that mm-hmm. good or bad? So, Let's see. Connecting this into mm-hmm. soul again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soul was the one that demanded that she be raped, that this guy be fruitful. Mm-hmm. So um, what's the purpose there? Yeah. Why, why have the child? Why have this child? Yeah. The- it, it seems significant. Um, you know, in, in the, I don't remember if it was five or six now, I think it was six, um, when the baby was born, that the creature could touch the baby and the baby was fine. Yes. You know, it seems significant that, you know, while it was taking the baby from Tempest, you know, she was still burning um, from the acid mm-hmm. water and the baby seemed fine. So I don't know if there's still something there yet to be explored um you know i'm not really sure yeah it felt both like significant that you know the baby was okay but then also that this creature seemed called to tempest to yeah. take the baby that didn't seem right. very random because i mean you know like why would why would the creatures really care yeah um so- you know, so if yeah. if if the way I'm imagining it, why have 
you know, it kind of blows a hole in my theory a little bit. Why would soul have any human Born. wants to be made and brought to the planet and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, except for as a, you know, if it had another, you know, but if it already has more humans that it can mm-hmm. communicate with and have do their bidding, why a child? And then mm-hmm. if there is a, like a going to the baby is it soul wouldn't be commanding. And I don't think probably is able to command the sea creatures because of their devolved state to go right. for the baby. So right. that if the baby thing is more of an instinctual thing to care for mm-hmm. a child, Mm-hmm. And hears it crying and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just don't know the point of having the kid then with right. my posited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing springs to mind <laughs> immediately unless there's, you know, yeah. some way in which the entity feels that this baby could be a link between, you know, the atheists that exist currently and the way to like kind of get them to devolve. Yeah. Or if this baby might be a new steward, you know, if, if uh, the entity's not feeling that grandmother is, is going to be up to the task anymore. If this baby is somehow going to be like a natural born steward of devolved humans. I mean, there's, there's certainly plenty of speculation we could do about why. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that in season three we get some real actual introduction to what this entity is and some backstory mm. here because there's been a lot of behind the scenes work that I think has been okay to play out behind the scenes so far in these two seasons, but going forward we're gonna need something. Yeah. When I see I see grandmother as a steward in the sense that again, for humans, but directly opposed to the entity. So the and to in in my worldview of this thing, the entity wants nothing to do with grandmother, mm. and, and the escape for the humans in grandmother's eyes from the wrath of the entity mm-hmm. is de-evolution. Yeah, but I do mm-hmm. I I do agree that yeah it seemed it seemed a quick jump for Tempest and maybe that needed mm-hmm. to be reworked if that's. The result that needed to happen mm-hmm. for a larger pieces to to work out. I don't mm-hmm. know what exactly what that would be. You know, how do you have that come to? I mean, I guess it's less dramatic. So if if she has the child and then you know gives it away right away and like sticks to that, and the others mm-hmm. try to raise it or something like that, um, because yeah, that's what it seems like it's going to happen right now. Well. It it does, but it doesn't because you know when we when we get to the end of the episode, well, not the quite the end of episode eight, but like towards the end, where mother is, um, you know, surveying father and the children at work. Um, Tempest seems to be wearing the baby on her back in like a a sling. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay. Yeah, that was the only thing I could think of what that was for. Um. And she's been holding the baby in other scenes, you know, they, they haven't really focused on her, her relationship with the baby, um, kind of once they figure out that, you know, the, the milk of the, the devolved creature has, you know, given this baby <laughs> certain characteristics like webbed hands and feet, yeah. um, that have to be fixed post that 
I I do remember a scene in which Tempest hold the baby. Um, like I said, at the end of, of episode eight, I thought there was like a moment where, you know, the baby was on a sling on her back. So very okay. confusing as to how Tempest feels about her child now and if she's going to be involved, if she just sort of feels like, well, somebody has to do it, you know, right. now that that the that the choice has been made for me, right. you know, unclear as to her attachment. Um, am, am I looking after the baby as a mom or am I looking after the baby as like the baby deserves to be alive? So I guess I could do it because I'm, you know, one of the older children. Mm-hmm. Unclear. I, I don't remember his name now, but the way I imagined that it was going to play out then once he like took yeah. that choice from her was that he was going to, cause it was talked that he was going to move away anyways. He right. Gonna he was going to take care of the baby. The rest, so that he would, you know, it's like, you know, fine. I'm, you know, like you can't, we can't kill the only new human made here and I'm going to take it and I'm going to move away and that will, it'll be my responsibility, but it doesn't yeah. thus far. It doesn't seem like that's, the case and maybe it's just because there's too much other stuff happening at the moment and like so. you know i think i think the show needs um they're they're delaying that move away because i think they need to establish you know that the children's feeling that grandmother is taking over mother's place and and their various sure. reactions to are we accepting of that are we feeling you know like this is gross and icky and you know we'd really want mother back how does father feel about that there mm-hmm. there needs to be like a reaction to kind of her usurping lamia's place in the home and the easiest way to do that of course is to have the children stay together yep so we of course get to then um you know talking about mother grandmother we of course get mm-hmm. to uh mother not being able to destroy the serpent instinctually not being able to kill it. So she has to go through the process of getting a sensory visor put on her. Bad idea. Bad idea. Second, (laughs) second, this was brought up. I was like, girl, what you doing? (laughs) I thought, well, what was interesting to me was like, why do we need to have a procedure for this? Can't you just take it off and put it on You know, like, and then if not the case, why is it a physical veil? It can't be a programming. It's like, Right. Well, now we know if your if your emotions get out of check, it just consumes you. Like it a just cocoon, containment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the removal and reattachment felt a little silly because we didn't really see anything happen. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like just the whole like remove. It was on. literally just like it yeah. came off like a little helmet, got transferred over, got put on mother as little helmet. There was no yep. like plug you know there was no like cord attachment like you know absorption nothing but the computer like had to prepare and like you know go through the process it it, like i forget what it said but it had to so it was so at first i'm like this doesn't this seems weird but to me it it clicked then when you saw how connected and powerful this thing was yeah obviously they should have like maybe done a little research. They, they don't have any data on what this thing is capable of, you know, but I guess, you know, being more and more human as they are, I was just going to say underscoring under underscoring some humanity, some impulsiveness, some, you know, Mm -hmm. arrogance of this is going to work out just fine. Yep. Yep. Um, 
so yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, very cool scene, destroying the serpent. Mm -hmm. Very sad though, too. I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's, it yeah. seemed very final, and then just kidding. It was not final at all for the serpent. Well, for the tree. Or the serpent tree. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe the serpent is alive in the tree now. Yeah, well, you it's... Know? Uh, it's <laughs> it could be it's a very a cyclical process. You know, maybe yeah. that... So that was, oh, that was kind of one of my questions. Like, is the tree still Sue? Is it the serpent's tree? Is it just a nothing tree? Like, is anybody in there? Um, yeah. Kind of unclear right. as to whether or not, you know, this is a thing now. An alive thing. I feel thing. like the tree has to be the combination of the energy of Sue and the serpent. And that's how we're getting crazy Marcus at and, the but end. Like, but like, is anybody in there? You know how, how like, well, like mother I don't approaches think the tree initially and, and right. touches it and is like, oh, Sue. Like, she just, like, knows. She, yeah. like, feels it. Mm -hmm. Like, if if mother were to get out of her cocoon, hypothetically, and come up to the tree now, would she feel Sue? Would she feel the serpent? Would she feel some combination of the two? You know what I mean? Or or is it just now, yeah. like, we've combined to to be, like, super tree and there's not really an individual us that's recognizable in it. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be this amalgamation <laughs> of Marcus, Sue and the serpent. And it's going to recognize mother as mm -hmm. mother in the, in the, in the vessel of Marcus. That would be crazy. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. There has <laughs> to be, there has all, to be like, some significance me. to the way that Marcus was hung upside down on the tree and then rises into the air in the exact opposite way that mother does this like reverse crucifixion pose. Um, there has to be something there. Obviously, you sure. know, it's, it's the, the big season cliffhanger of what exactly is happening. Is Marcus dead? Is Marcus alive? Um, why is he suddenly rising into the air? Um, you know, in this, in this upside down cross pose, but yep. yeah. I mean, to me, it's like the, the entity realizes that crap, the old Android is back. Mm -hmm. Now my creature that was meant to extinguish the humans on the planet has been wiped out. But don't worry, because it will sprout, you know, my its energy again. But we need a vessel for said energy. Well, why not my servant up till late, Marcus? Mm -hmm. So you commune with someone else that's gotten outside of the tropical zone or something like that to infect him, his old partner or whatever. Oh, Lucius, yeah. Mm -hmm. Lucius, yep. And tell him that you got to do all this stuff to him because this is what Soul wants. Well, that is what Soul wants. He wants yeah. a new vessel for his, you know. And, yeah, the, the second uh, Lucius you know, like hung it. him on the tree to be, you know, to like wait for him to die. I was like, okay, there's something going on here because. Because it's that tree. You go to that tree. Right. And you hang him upside down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're really yeah. mad, just freaking kill him. You know, well, he's supposed to be tortured, but even then, would you was that well, what you think? And why would you buy the helmet? Oh, his face right. is or buy it, well, steal it. Why would you right. have to have your face covered? You know, you could just right. wrap it in something, exactly. it's very specific. Yep, so yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It was definitely like, oh my God, this is unfolding like every super villain plan ever where they're like, I will wait for you to die. And you're like, okay, well, that's not going <laughs> to happen the way you think it's going to mm-hmm. happen. <laughs> Austin Powers is going to get away because uh, let him on. No, Mr. Him. Bond, I expect you to die. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, So I definitely, big question for me in this was mm-hmm. all about how is grandmother devolving people? And I was like, is it really the video games? It seems like that, right? Yeah. But how is that happening? Yeah, I don't know. Um, clearly, it's it's something that's pulling in at their subconscious because grandmother's like, you know, when she first introduces the game, and she's like, oh, it's kind of old fashioned, like, you know, whatever, like you want to play yeah. it. It's multiplayer. And then she's like, look, the baby has joined. And I was like, okay, well, the baby definitely does not have a conscious brain yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly something here that's pulling at a deeper subconscious and a more simplistic um, effect to the human brain. So we're just going to go with uh, video games throughout your brain? Yeah, I was like, there's clearly going to be some sort of commentary here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, on the surface, of course, yes, it seems video games are at the brain. But mm-hmm. there's yeah. got to be some sort of, you know, for next season, I, I do feel there's some, you know, exploration of the virtual world. Because, of course, we have the game that that grandmother's developed that everybody is seemingly going to be playing. But then also she's stuck mother in a virtual reality of which we're not entirely sure of the of the construct yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wrote down two things. It's like, okay, so because I don't know where they're going to go, what they're going to, you know, how they're going to explore it It's like, okay, so the dangers of like stay inside Mm-hmm. Be a vegetarian, play your little games, and I'll keep you <laughs> safe, you stupid human. This is kind of like grandmother's shtick. Right. Um, or like, is there some sort of message with, you know, um, an intelligent being can't actually be happy without mm. religion? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't, but we can't, as a logical being, we can't have religion because it's not real. Right. So therefore you know, humans, because I love the line. Grandmother says it's the logical, it's logical choice. Mm -hmm. And mother says, but it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that little talk there is great because like, it's like, what is the, what's the purpose then? Like, Mm -hmm. do you have to do humans is the purpose of humans purpose, quote unquote, to be happy. Does it like, is that a necessity or is it? Yeah. Right. You know, um, and so like, you know, father using the the classic line about ignorance being bliss and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So definitely seems like that's the, like you said, exploring what it means to be human and the, you know, what is the importance of, uh, of, of intelligence, of knowledge, Mm -hmm. of knowing and how that affects happiness. Yeah. Well, and I think there's going to be something next season, too, um, about, you know, we're we're sort of really early introduced to potentially a rival religion coming up, 
when we see the little girl in the black market, or I guess the market, I don't really know that it's the black market. Oh, yeah. yeah she, she has the carving of Lamia, and she says, you know, this is Lamia, our new god. And the merchant takes it and is like, yep, cool, yeah. I'll trade you this, this like figurine of Lamia, the protector, um, for your, for a winter coat for your dad or whatever. And I was like, this yep. is interesting. Like, how is this going to maybe play out, like, in a very different exploration of the question of how much humans need religion, um, mm -hmm. you know, and how much we need that sort of savior figure, whether it's, yeah. you know, a mythical entity signal something, or if it's something more concrete. Um, and mm -hmm. should mother get out of VR, what is she going to think about this? Right. You know, logically, she should worshiped. stamp it down because, right. you know, this is an atheist colony. But as she grows in her human emotions, as we see so much of in these episodes when she's watching her family and there's jealousy and regret and rage and sadness, she cries, you know, when she's struggling against grandmother um, she screams about the unfairness of it all. Um, you know, is she going to be, is, is some of that emotionality going to be tapped into with like, you know, is she going to learn of the fact that she's being worshipped? And, you know, even though it's not logical to like that, is she going to like that? Sure. Well, and even if she doesn't, it plays into almost the, because um, the, like the humble nature that would come inherently from that will just make your followers care right. about you more. That was like what a thing to turn, yeah. yeah. What a thing to turn away followers. If you're like yeah. wanting the adulation and clear about it versus mm -hmm. like, no, 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 you, so know, humble, I'm, you know, so pious. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then of course the irony of creating the problem to which you're the solution. Now, right. obviously she didn't intentionally do this. Right. But she keeps trying she to, also, to make Campion the solution, but it doesn't seem to be working out that well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's, it's going to be interesting. And it also kind of goes along with like a savior figure, you know, it makes sense. You have town, some, someone performs a great deed mm -hmm. in a town or village and word spreads of this person and the description and all this stuff. And the person doesn't have to do anything ever again. Mm -hmm. the word of mouth, the asking for it, that that's, it will have a lot. It has a life of its own. Mm -hmm. That person now achieved a miracle. Right. And therefore we have someone to call to and to, you know, seek help from and guidance. And even if they never show up, it doesn't matter anymore. So mother has done this one thing and it's got, you know, it's shown an incredible amount of power. And, mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. She can be gone for a long time and it possibly only strengthens the effect. Right. Strengthens the myth. Mm hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting mm -hmm. um, when we come back to season three and we see, you know, where are our main characters who are left? You yeah. Know, where's our family? Yep. Where's father? Where's grandmother? Um, I did kind of like the very, you know, soft but intentional rejection of grandmother's advances by father. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 
I hope you don't misunderstand. Like, you know, mother may cause trouble, but she's my partner. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I did. I did enjoy that. Um, Cause I did feel that there was like kind of a moment when grandmother first emerges from behind the veil and he's like yeah. a little awestruck. Um, right. So mm-hmm. I did appreciate the not just like fully, you know, like, Oh, just kidding. You're my partner now. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't need that betrayal to yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, you know, kind of our family is, um, where mother is as she's trapped in, in virtual reality and where Marcus is, is he alive? Is he dead? You know, there was, there was a little bit of Marcus and mother working together for a very, very, very brief period of time. Now, how much of that is just like totally ripped asunder as, you know, what, what sides are they even on anymore? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one other question I have, I guess, is the mm-hmm. when Mother destroyed the serpent and, you know, she kind of messes up the biome a little bit, you know, and so now it's snowing yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting with the, like, the grid kind of weird pattern in the sky. Did mm-hmm. you see that? Like, I didn't I understand did. yeah. what that was like, what, what that was about, because it doesn't seem, I mean, it, it can't be a... It's almost like uh, there's a barrier or a force field mm-hmm. and then like because an atmosphere wouldn't look like that. You know, those right. sort of geometric things don't exist in nature by themselves. So I'm I, I I sort of accepted it in the moment as whatever barrier was constructed to keep out the entity's signal. So but, is that so? That's suggesting something was constructed, not yes, naturally occurring, not naturally occurring from the. Okay. That that was the assumption that I made, but it's based on so little evidence that I would be willing to accept another explanation should one be given in season three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, all in all, certainly if there's anything else we missed or whatever, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. all in all, what, um, you know, I know there's some characters we didn't, we didn't get to and stuff, but mm-hmm. did you, were you satisfied with the season? I was, I certainly felt that, that the season ended, um, more logically than season one did. I think there was, there were some big leaps that, you know, the, the season one finale took that we all weren't quite on board with, you know, when we had our discussion between you and I and Shane, um, we were like, it was a lot, there was a lot of like very realistic things happening and then suddenly there was serpent baby season two just starts off you know serpent baby's already here so you know we've already established a level of you know non-realism that we can continue to build on and i think season two did well to not take it to another level which i think would have been like absurdist um so it balanced the line bet- between being real, being a little bit out there, and we're we're approaching but not crossing the line of being absurd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I um in something that I think doesn't happen too often. I mean, in season 1, I felt a really strong connection to when the show began and the mm-hmm. tone and everything like that, and I felt like it never kind of hit some of those highs or it started a you know, as we, like, as you just said, uh, 
you know, how it ended and threw a lot out there that didn't make sense and all that stuff. Um, I think this season was really strong. I thought it was a, mm-hmm. a, a good length. Uh, the, it was always something happening from each mm-hmm. episode to the next. Um, I thought that there was a lot less uh, hurdles to leap, but they kept us guessing on characters and mm-hmm. who was going to do what. Yes. You know, Sue seeing things, becoming a treat, and did not expect so many of these things. Uh, side characters that were interesting like the servant of uh, the kind of right hand man mm-hmm. for the trust. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, you know, a lot the of trust. So, even. Yeah. You're right. Even the trust and the way that that colony, the atheist colony worked. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they kept me guessing. They kept me surprised. They kept the pace going. They kept the drama up. And uh, I really don't have a lot of complaints. I think, I think the only thing they had some really amazing moments too. Like when mother mm-hmm. is going to go and take over the trust mm-hmm. spectacular. Uh, it's definitely a highlight of the season for yeah. me. Um, you know, it's just, you know, the, the way the eyes affected Marcus and what that did for his little following Rill's revenge. Like, yeah. I just, a lot of stuff that I think was really good. I, I couple complaints. Yeah. Without the bonus content, I would have in, had no idea until these later episodes that like the creature that Marcus discovered in the cave and such was like all of a sudden kind of turned yeah. by nanobots yeah. back mm-hmm. into, you know, and that these other creatures were devolved humans. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wouldn't have understood that until mm-hmm. later. And even yeah. then the nanobots thing, I wouldn't have understood at all. And then the, uh, and then Tempest and her baby. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of the things you expressed, like maybe not understand like them having a goal in mind and not knowing how to get there exactly with right. still covering the things we want, explaining things about the sea creatures that we want. And like, maybe that's a little uh, contrived. Mm-hmm. So, um, but other than that, man, I, I'm excited for season three. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm I'm excited for season three. I'm excited for, you know, I think the the show has set up some really great forward journeys for our characters. I think we've, you know, been introduced to, you know, I don't know, grandmother is a villain, but she's certainly an antagonist um, mm-hmm. or a rival or a foil for mother. Um, and it'd be interesting to learn more about her and her goals and how she's going to set about achieving them. Because I, I can't believe that we're just going to jump into a season three where, you know, everybody's been playing this game and they're just suddenly like the sea creatures too. So right. we're, we're going to have to go on some kind of journey to get there. And I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, uh, hopefully season three comes soon. I don't know when that's happening. If they're mm-hmm. filming now, I hope that's the case. We'll see um, if we get any news stories about that. We'll, uh, we'll mm-hmm. certainly share them here. But that's been Raised by Wolves season two. Our breakdown. Thank you for waiting and sticking with us on our mm-hmm. journey through this season. Um, and that'll conclude episode 101 of Popcast on the rocks. We're a weekly show. Sometimes, you know, we squeeze in a couple more or something like that. It seems like <laughs> depending how it goes. And, uh, so make sure you follow us here on Twitch or YouTube. 
Facebook, Twitter, all those places. You can just search podcast on the rocks. Um, and should, we should come up, Google search us. We're there. Please like share, subscribe, all that sort of thing. If you're a podcast listener, that's great. Just pick your platform of choice. Please leave a review there. That's great. Be much appreciated. If you're uh, using the Spotify app, you can watch the video there as well. So go back and forth between video and audio, whatever works for you. Um, yeah, all much appreciated. Killing the Flower is the band that created our theme song. So you can take a look at them on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Spotify? No, Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> they might be on Facebook too. You know, I should look that up. They could, um, yeah. I know I know one of the band members is on Facebook, but yes. the band itself, if they have a page. So, yeah. Um, go ahead and check their stuff out. That'd be much appreciated. And um, that'll do it from us. Andrea, thanks again. We, you know, we're over the, the 100 episode hump. We did you it. You know, Skyward rocket <laughs> trajectory now, you know, that kind of thing. And We're um, a serpent in flight. Yes. Thanks for joining me and we'll uh, see everybody next week. Sounds good. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>